3: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get your podcasts. Aw, you didn't have to go so all well out for my birthday.
2: Yes, we did, because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for them. This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you twenty four seven. Mm hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie, can you hold on one second? Uh, I got to take this call, but remember, birthdays are about togetherness.
0: Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrip alongside Thomas Carinante. And after the Yankees made two big moves last Friday, we got a week of slow nonsense, unfortunately capped by a tragedy. Hank Aaron, baseball icon and immortal Atlanta, Milwaukee Braves legend and the true home run king passed away today. We will be giving him the time he deserves and talking about that. Then we will pivot to the Toronto Blue Jays, their search for pitching, what they're stealing from the Yankees, they're eyeing Big Maple. They are the reason, above all else, that the Yankees cannot call their offseason quits at this point in time. And the Yankees did sign a pitcher who kills the Red Sox. We're going to give that about as much time as it's earned. Folks, make sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer. Thomas, how you doing? Uh, Hank Aaron obviously deserves a top spot in this podcast Uh, There was no way we were going to talk about Kyle Freeland trade non-rumors before we talked about Hank Aaron. Uh, Happy Friday, I guess. Uh, Baseball truly has lost one of the greats and someone whose record uh, 755 home runs career. Whether it stands or not, whether you believe he is the rightful record holder, um, it's the number that everybody knows. And it's going to last the test of time because of how hard it was for him to get there. It's something that no baseball fan, whether you believe he's been surpassed or not, will ever forget.
2: Another Hall of Famer gone. Here we are. I mean, I don't know what else we could say about it. It's it's just devastating that this keeps happening. We could talk about Hank Aaron's impact on the field. We could talk about his playing stats, you know, I, we we didn't we obviously weren't alive to see him play, but We've seen highlights. We go through his baseball reference page. It's truly a marvel. Um, I think if there's one thing to take away from that, hey, his death put everything in per- perspective for me because I was, we're recording this pod late because uh, Xfinity decided to do some work on my block and the internet was down for two and a half hours. And I'm complaining about that. And then Hank Aaron dies. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Probably shouldn't be complaining about the internet. Baseball legend is dead. Another one. Um, and yeah, I watched uh, the MLB Network little 10 minute tribute to him. Um, and if there's one thing to take away from this man, it's the, the social issues at the time he grew up in segregated Alabama. Uh, they showed a uh, clip of him talking about how uh, his mother used to tell him to hide under the bed when the Ku Klux Klan would march through their neighborhood um, because that's just what life was back then. Uh, and then you he, he told his family he was become pro in baseball and, they, you know, everyone was kind of skeptical because nobody had broken the color barrier. Then obviously Jackie Robinson comes by. His, Hank Aaron's dream of getting to the major leagues becomes even more magnified after that. Um, and then you see just the horrific stuff of he gets the minor leagues in their segregated locker rooms and their segregated bathrooms. And they, it's it's all, uh, it's just, it's crazy the amount of adversity that he had to deal with. Uh, and this is, this is in, within a lifetime, you know, everyone's complaining about, uh, people speaking up about social issues—we see it all the time. Oh, we don't need baseball players, we don't need football players taking a knee, we don't need them putting you know Black Lives Matter shirts on home plate. It's like, yeah, we kind of do because uh, Jackie Robinson and Hank Aaron kind of turned their cheek and let this be because they were strong individuals. They didn't care. They—I mean, they obviously did care, but they just wanted what's best for them and they played the game and and they took it and. They paved the way for so many others and you know people have had enough of turning the cheek and and turning a blind eye and they want change and Hank Aaron very big uh, influence in this whole movement for African American baseball players and enough can't be said about him it's it's just it's devastating it's sad but uh, he lived a long life he'll be a he's already immortalized in the baseball hall of fame and uh, true home run king in my eyes.
1: Yeah, during his pursuit of Babe Ruth's record, he famously received just hundreds of death threats per day, just an endless stream of death threats, he shared them with his teammates and he was very open about it as open as you can be during that time saying, this is what I'm going through. You know, every day is like hell for me in the New York times obituary. There's an amazing quote that basically said his love for the game of baseball after all those years, finally started to sort of erode to a place where he didn't really feel comfortable anymore chasing that record. Um, and then, you know, for every hundred, 200, 300 death threats he received, if even one is legitimate, if even one is not somebody bluffing, Then that record doesn't get broken, and we tragically lose. You know, there there is an accident, a premeditated accident that removes just an historic figure from this nation far too soon. If even one of these white supremacists isn't bluffing and has a plan in place, like imagine.
2: Jamie's log, progressive. The Harringtons' backyard, day four, two eighteen a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7. is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something.
0: Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle is not available in all states or situations.
1: Going through... Imagine trying to do your job, but your job is you're nationally famous and you're trying to break a hallowed record. Then also there are people who you may or may not have to take seriously, who want to take your life. It's, it's, you can't even, it's unfathomable to think about. And it's unfathomable to think about in a world where security is just starting to get acclimated to that type of thing. I mean, like you said, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in 1947 prior to 1947 i don't think you know the security around sporting events was certainly not prepared for racially motivated violence because they're hey, right no on the field versing. for a
2: 750 uh, fifth home run yeah was, i mean it was that crazy the
1: week the week where the record gets broken 715 goes out to left field against Al sorry, downing man. yeah i mean literally there are fans on the field you know Patton is back but uh, how do you in a world yeah. where you let that happen and you've also got death threats like i don't know how you go about your life yep. um an incredible, an incredible man by any measure, a 1957 world series champion uh, beat the New York Yankees in seven games. And you know what? We'll give him that one. I think we, we can let that one go. We'll, we'll stick with 27 rings. we we'll, are glad Hank got one off us. Um, absolute Legend Henry Aaron. And it was already on my bucket list uh, for after the pandemic is over, but now super, you know, shot to the top of the bucket list in mobile, Alabama, the minor league baseball stadium there, they moved Hank's childhood home next to the stadium, rename the stadium, Hank Aaron stadium. Um, and I think the stadium actually may have closed but the home and museum is still there. So everybody, if you have a chance to get to mobile, when, when things are safe and things open up, uh, make sure you do that. I will be, you know, I've got a 50 stadium deep list of minor league stadiums I'd like to go to, but that was already pretty close to the top. And now it's just in the number one spot. I also ordered Howard Bryant's book on Hank today. It arrives tomorrow. By the time you listen to this podcast, I may already be hundred pages deep. Uh, recommend that too, because nobody could write about Hank and the way Howard Bryant could uh, another Atlanta legend. Uh, so it feels a little uh, superfluous to do this, but we will now pivot uh, to talking about modern baseball. Uh, the Yankees would still, uh, they still exist. They'd like to remind me that they still exist. Uh, but unfortunately a week after the fact, they still have not finalized the Corey Kluber move or the DJ LeMahieu move yet, because they need to clear two 40 man roster spots to get that done. We all thought Brian Cashman was working on a trade. I still think he is working on a trade, but Rumor had at Thursday night that he wasn't really close to anything and was still sort of just exploring the pitching market. That's great. Two people need to get cut or traded in the next week at the very least. And the rotation needs to get better. Meanwhile, you've got the blue Jays who have George Springer now almost signed Michael Brantley. Didn't that was weird. Um, people said they did, but they absolutely did not. He went back to Houston. Um, but the offense is still incredible. In Toronto, we're going to laugh at them for a couple more days saying, oh yeah, who's in the rotation? Hunjin Ryu and then a bunch of question marks? For now, yes, but they have every intent of getting one or two pitchers. They're currently chasing every trade target that the Yankees are linked to. They are rumored to be heavily in the mix for James Paxton, which makes perfect sense. He is Canadian. Uh, Big Maple is going to get like a 12-year – he's going to get Corey Kluber's deal basically, like a $12 million one-year puff contract. He struck out 186 guys in 150 innings for the Yankees in 2019. Really good pitcher. Didn't quite step up as a number one, uh, but you you need a number two or a number three. Perfect fit in Toronto. Not going to come back here. Uh, so we can laugh at the Blue Jays for not having pitching as much as we want, but they're going to get pitching. And I'm not totally sure if we will. Um, I believe we will, but th- this is just one more reason why the Yankees cannot call their offseason a success here and now and, and just stop the proceedings entirely.
2: No, I I'm not worried about the Blue Jays, but you can't dismiss them. I know they've had a lot of trouble. They finished second place, in a lot of these uh, free agency moves and or these uh, or these trade uh, potential trade acquisitions, but they're gonna get somebody. They clearly want to pay people, and by the time this market fully develops, people are gonna have to go somewhere. And Toronto is willing to pay, or Toronto, Buffalo, or Florida. We don't know where they're gonna be playing in 2021, but it's not really going to matter to these guys who need a contract and and need to play. And when time's ticking and we're getting closer to spring training, we're what we're, we're three weeks away with pitchers and catchers reporting. So unbelievable. Yeah. So (laughs) can you believe we're already here? Something's going to happen um and you don't want to dismiss the blue jays because now they got springer i know we did an article about how the stats show that we kind of own george springer but that's another bat in the lineup that we're gonna have to pitch around and if we're pitching around them then we're giving more looks to to vladdy and bo bichette and uh lords goriel jr so not going to be an easy team to beat especially if they do get pitching and they really don't need great pitching they just kind of need serviceable pitching because we've seen what their offense can do paxton not a a world beater by any means, but if he's healthy, that's a number two, number three starter Uh, as a ceiling, the Yankees can't afford to sign an injury prone pitcher because, or trade for one, because we've seen how that's blown up in their face. The the entire Yankees roster at this point is injury prone. So um, uh, taking the flyer on Kluber uh, was a risk in itself, though the ceiling is extremely high there. Uh, You'd probably rather sign Kluber than Paxton given the, uh, the, the higher upside. Uh, So not going to dismiss the blue Jays. And, you know, you, you, uh, we read the report from uh, SNY's Andy Martino. He said the Yankees rotation is probably complete now for the off season after they signed Kluber. Uh, And I have a hard time believing that for a multitude of reasons. One, like you said, two spots need to be cleared on the 40 man. There's a lot of people on this 40 man roster that we, we kind of don't need. I don't, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but based on contributions and, uh playing time and and all that and and prospects that we protected from the rule five guys that we could totally afford to trade something's coming you hope to think it's in the form of a number two starter but the talks have kind of cooled on luis castillo we don't really know what kyle Hendricks's availability is based on what the cubs are going to do we don't know in that scenario we think that it probably has to be an offer that's got to blow either the reds or the cubs away for either of those two guys and Honestly, if you're the Yankees, if I'm Cashman, I'm just doing it because you can afford to trade from this depth. Look at our 40 men right now. If I'm going to talk about guys we can probably afford to part with, we have Albert Abreu, Luis Sessa, uh, Ronzin Contreras, he's one of the prospects, uh, Luis Heal, another one of the prospects, Yoandres Gomez, another one of the prospects, Ben Heller, Michael King, Brooks Chris Krisky Jonathan Lewizaga, Luis Medina, another one of the prospects, uh, and we go down the list. We have Alexander Vizcaino, another one of the prospects, Miguel Yahore. He looks good. I liked him, but you never know what's going to happen. And then you have expendable people, Miguel Andujar, Tyro Estrada, Mike Ford, Tyler Wade, Greg Allen. We still don't know. And then you got prospects, Oswald, Oswald Peraza and Estevan Floreal, who were uh, obviously blocked. We have a ton of outfield depth and we have Blaber Torres at shortstop and DJ LeMay with second base. So, um, Uh, The Reds are looking for a shortstop. I thought potentially building a package around Peraza would be good for them, uh, especially because it's clear that they're probably not going to be contending within the next two, three years. So that'll give Peraza enough time to develop and they could figure stuff out after that. Um, By no means should the Yankees offseason be done. Uh, Then again, we do have the trade deadline. There's always that option, but then you run the risk of these teams selling earlier than you had anticipated, and somebody else jumping in, or uh, other teams jumping into the contention mix and creating a convoluted market to acquire a starting pitcher, especially because it's probably best if the Yankees get ahead of this situation while all these other teams are panicking about lost profits and whatnot. Get ahead of it because when people are allowed back in the stands and the profits return and the money starts, you know, making its making its rounds again. Other teams are going to want to acquire people and they're going to want to spend a little bit of money and they won't be afraid to add to the payroll. So if the Yankees can get ahead of it now and maybe overpay in a trade with their prospect assets for one of these guys, that'll put that'll put the, the exclamation point on the offseason and we can call it a day, I think.
1: Yeah, Estefan Florial, we really blew that one, didn't we? Like yep. that That's the most redundant player on the 40-man now, but you can't lose him for nothing and you mm-hmm. can't use him for depth. And so what is he like... I think back to what if he was included in the Sonny Gray trade, we would still have Jorge Mateo, who at the very least didn't do much in 2020 in his major league debut and is still 25, which is not exactly like prospect age, but certainly feels a need for this team as a versatile middle infielder with crazy speed and some power instead of Florial, who's kind of just, you know you want to talk about question marks like that guy's swing was deteriorating in every minor league season after we held on to him before 2020 and then he didn't get a season and then suddenly he was making his major league debut like what the fuck is happening there um i don't know and, and you don't want to the problem is you don't want to lose any of these guys for nothing even a guy like mike ford or you know ben heller who they've held on to through heller high water thank you so much but they ben heller's made like a million individual cuts i'm not sure how he even kept his 40 man spot heading into this offseason. They could have protected a guy like uh, Garrett Whitlock, who went to the Red Sox in the Rule Five. Not that I know much about Garrett Whitlock, other than the fact they had a good minor league season two years ago. But I know Heller doesn't really seem to have the capacity to stay healthy for a full major league season. There's nobody here who the Yankees want to lose for free, and they have to clear out two spots unless they renege on the DJ LeMahieu deal and decide they'd rather have Ben Heller. So, what's it going to be, Yankees? You're, you're going to have to make a move uh, sooner rather than later. And it's not a joke. You really, really have to make one soon, like in the next uh, two or three days, because these they can't just take up roster spots forever. And the rest of baseball is watching you, especially the Blue Jays. Uh, We're gonna take a quick break when we come back and talk a little more hypotheticals on the Yankee staff and a minor league free agent they added who.
3: And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work! You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents.
1: Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I do just want to throw one name out there. We we've talked about you know all these trade targets ad nauseum. Kyle Hendricks is the one we all like. We all agree sort of is a different type of number two starter who can fit in that hole behind Garrett Cole and give you a very different look than whatever Luis Severino or Corey Kluber can give you. Um, He's an Eric Cressy guy. That's why we were sort of tied to him uh, because Cressy got us Kluber. A lot of people trust Cressy. I'm going to lay this line in the sand now, and you can tell me next offseason if I got it wrong. But Cressy's the reason the New York Yankees will sign Max Scherzer to a one-year contract or a two-year contract next offseason. Uh, you heard it here first, another Cressy-Sai Young tie. Um, but it's clear he, he holds sway in the front office, even though he was added um, – to the uh, strength and conditioning staff after a horrible 2019. And then 2020, the strength and conditioning in the team was <laughs> just as bad. Aaron Judge got hurt doing nothing. Giancarlo Stan got hurt running on AstroTurf in uh, Tampa. Just He's not a, neither player is allowed to play in Tampa ever again, I guess, which is great. Uh, get a new stadium, Tampa. But another Eric Cressy guy who's still on the trade market, ostensibly, who I don't know why his former team would be holding on to him at this point, is Kyle Freeland from the Rockies, who was fourth in the NL Cy Young in 2018, you know, 200 plus innings, lefty, uh, eighth overall pick in the 2014 draft. That's a that's a real quality arm. Uh, you know, 170 or so strikeouts in 200 plus innings. Absolutely collapsed in in 2019, which is why his name is sliding down lists. Got back to somewhat normalcy in 2020, although you know, made 13 starts didn't strike out a lot of people, 46 and 70 plus innings. But you know, the four low four ERA looked a lot more realistic, especially because he pitches in Colorado. Uh, one of the rare people who gets a break when he goes to Yankee stadium, uh, we, we could offer him a home ballpark. That isn't a mile high. Um, and his career road ERA, even inflated by that horrible 2019, where he was bad everywhere is still just 3.98. So there's a lot to like there. If you're only looking at a three or four starter, I've come around on trading for basically everybody in one week cycles over the course of this offseason, but I see no reason we shouldn't give up two of the 40 man people for Kyle Freeland. Uh, no more, no less. Uh, maybe Gomez and and Rowansi, like the 8-9 and nine prospects. Those mid-range guys, maybe Yahare and Gomez. Just two people that probably don't have much of a future in pinstripes
2: for a lottery ticket. What do you think? I love it. We talked about this months ago. Uh, I think kind of when the Nolan Arenado rumors were at their peak uh, before kind of everything, I guess, died down when uh, manager Bud Black said that he would be on the opening day roster along with Trevor Story. Those rumors are pretty much all but officially dead. Uh, You have to think that the Rockies are going to somewhat go for it in 2020. uh, Now that all this has kind of been the the discourse surrounding all of it, but everyone thought Nolan Arenado would be traded to the Dodgers by Christmas. We're now a month out from Christmas. It has not happened. There hasn't been any chatter regarding Arenado at all. Uh, So kind of makes me wonder why they would sell a l- low-ish on Freeland when he's still under club control. I don't know if they would do this. I would be open to do it. We talked about a potential package deal. If the Yankees were interested in Arenado, you get them both and just, you know, splurge and let it happen. But obviously not gonna happen. Arenado's making like 35 million. Uh, but if the Rockies were open to trading Freeland, I would love it. The guy's got five pitches that he uses in some capacity: fastball, slider, cutter, curveball, change up. I love that mix. Uh, I love the fact that he has experience pitching in the most hitter-friendly ballpark in all of baseball, and he's pretty damn good there, or was pretty damn good there. I know 2019 was a disaster, and I don't know how you really – he's probably somewhere in the middle of 2018 and 2019, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. Uh, he's not quite the number two guy that we need in order to make that World Series push, but he's a tremendous depth depth option. I would love to have him as the four-starter. four, four starter. Uh, assuming Kluber can hit his ceiling as a number three and we find a number two. I don't see a reason why we shouldn't do this, especially because we have we have the assets to make it happen. The Rockies clear, very much clearly after this season will need to be figuring things out if they are not in contention by the trade deadline. You probably will see Trevor Story traded. You probably will see Nolan Arenado traded. Uh, maybe the Yankees can get ahead of themselves here, see what how they're feeling on Freeland. But at this point, it's probably more of a, it's probably more of the Rockies selling low given uh, his 2020 was was solid, but it wasn't really a spectacular rebound. So the selling point for people who are trying to get him out of there is, hey, look at his 2019 and 2020. And, you know, that's kind of what we're buying right now. We can't rely on something from two years ago, but I love it. I'll I'll do it tomorrow, but nobody really wants to answer my calls. So I don't know.
1: No, still nobody's picking up the phone.
2: Yeah, I, I mean I hate pounding on the same door over and over again.
1: But there are two extra people on the Yankees roster right now that they can't. That they, they either can't. lose for nothing or lose in a trade. So yep. you know you can prospect hug all you want, but if you if you were excited that they signed D. J. LeMahieu, which I think was was most people, then good. good uh, somebody's got to go. You got you can't have a 42 man roster. That's not a kind of roster they make. Um, there's a reason that you want 40 man flexibility and it's so that you can add people. If your roster is at 40, then guess what? Uh, you're, you're shit out of luck. There's, there's too many people on your roster. So a trade still has to be made. I still have faith. I think a trade, honestly, I think a trade gets made. If you're listening to this on Friday before Monday. Uh, and I don't think that's a hot take. I think it legally has to, they have to make a trade at some point. They have to announce that DJ LeMay, he was back. He is back. So, you know, something has to be done. Um, Let's touch on this real quick before we leave. Um, the Yankees did sign Asher Wojciechowski on Thursday. Um, Asher, he uh, you, you broke into the majors in, in the Astros rotation, has been in the Orioles rotation in the last couple of years. And every time I watch him, I go, that guy's a little better. Why is the guy have a six and a half ERA? Like, why he's shutting us out through three innings. Like, are we losing to a guy who's a true talent, six and a half ERA guy, or is something else happening here? Like, is he actually better? You know, he seems like an unlockable candidate based on purely, you know, the eye test. Every time the Yankees face him, I go, this guy's okay. This guy's totally okay. Um, now, is he a part of the Yankees rotation? Absolutely not. Should he be a part of the shuttle? I would rather see Asher Wojciechowski than Julius Chassin quite frankly. That's a low bar to clear, but uh, I feel like Asher kills the Yankees. It's not really true, but maybe I think that because I've watched Asher kill the Red Sox in a few career starts against Boston, he's got a 1.93 ERA. Uh, Prime candidate to be called up in the middle of the season for the second game of a doubleheader at Fenway after a rain reschedule prime candidate to step in against Boston if there is ever a rotation hole. What say you? I, I know he's bad. He is legit not good. His, his statistics are bad. Every year they get worse. There's, there's nothing to like about paper, Asher Wojciechowski, except for the Red Sox thing, which like he's facing an offensive juggernaut Red Sox. He's only been in the Orioles the past couple of years. The 2018 Red Sox won 108 games. Like He's facing good Red Sox teams. These are not watered down numbers. Um, and he owns them. Jay Happ also owned them. Uh, welcome to Minnesota, Jay hap by the way. God bless. Good night and good luck. Uh, see you in the ALDS. But Jay hap owned the Red Sox. That's fine. This is someone who matters much less than Jay hap in the grand scheme of things and could be good for a little, uh, a little fun Sunday afternoon every once in a while.
2: Oddly enough, does pass some sort of eye test. I don't, I don't know, know what eye is. test it is. Yeah, I don't know if there are multiple... There are different versions of eye tests that we need to specify when we're talking about this, but there is some sort of eye test. I don't know. He's got a four pitch mix, which, which is always attractive for a starter. I know most starters have them, but a lot of starters can't really hone their stuff fastball slider cutter changeup. And his cutter has become more prominent over the last two years. So certainly something you like to see then again, stats are bad was never really good in the minors. He's got 10 seasons there uh, spread across all different levels 4.03 4.03 ERA 1.29 whip really nothing special uh, MLB career 5.95 ERA um, 1.46 whip also not great but yeah you mentioned the performance against the I guess the thing here that is if we're gonna view this as somewhat of a prudent decision is a you can never have too much pitching even if it's not that great uh, especially because injuries happen and you never really know what else is gonna happen Uh, especially if they have to clear some space on the on the 40 man and there's a bigger move than we're anticipating we're going to need arms um, and we're going to need arms to fill out days like you said on double headers so uh, I'd much rather see uh, a Wojciechowski than maybe throwing Clark Schmidt into the fire for a start that he's not ready to make uh, or one of these other young guys Uh, obviously always uh, you know happy to see those those kinds of players get time but we saw last year that it didn't really work out for us. So maybe there needs to be some other sort of strategy to uh, introduce these guys to the MLB level. I don't know what it is, but I, I didn't really feel comfortable with, with, with how uh, those went down. Um, but yeah, he passes some weird eye test two and two with a 1.93 ERA, 1.0 whip on the, uh, against the Red Sox. And he's the AL East experience, even though he's obviously never pitched against the Orioles because he, he's been on the team. Uh He's not great against the Blue Jays and Rays. Uh, He's gotten collectively rocked, uh, 5.32 ERA against the Rays, I think, in three or four games and uh, 7.62 ERA against the Jays in three starts. Uh, But familiarity is never a bad thing, and you can never have too many arms, and the Yankees are clearly planning to have that surplus of arms in the event something happens. Um, where they need some sort of backup, and you're having some veteran backup. If you don't trust your younger guys, or maybe you're trading the younger guys, we have to consider that here. They've signed a lot of a, a lot of veteran dudes uh, this off season in adding Greg Allen and now Wojciechowski and uh, Chassine and Kluber. Obviously, Kluber is going to be playing playing a lot more than either of those two guys. But the fact that they're adding this type of depth and that they have 42 players on the roster could mean that a bigger move than we're anticipating could be coming and they're going to need this depth in some capacity. So I don't hate it. Not going to be optimistic about it, but he's there for spring training. See what he could do.
1: Yeah. 4.92 ERA in 2019. Once again, though, if you're interested in Asher Wojciechowski, that's a 43rd guy on the roster. So (laughs) something has to get done. Somebody do something uh, quickly. And hopefully by the time this podcast posts, that is it for this episode of the Yanks go yard podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. Uh, All the love in the world to Hank Aaron and the Atlanta Braves, Milwaukee Braves, Milwaukee Brewers family, uh, absolute legend. Major League Baseball will bear his name on the uh, Hank Aaron Award forever, and that's the way it should be. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib.
2: And I'm Thomas Caronante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Yes, rest in peace to legend Hank Aaron. Folks, you could brighten up your day. It's pizza Friday. You know, day's not over. We still have time to turn it around. Um, and until then, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. See you, everybody.
0: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.